Well, it happened. In just his second season in the IndyCar Series, Alex Pillow has won the Series Championship with a breakthrough performance that has cemented him not only as a champion for all time, but also as a superstar for many, many years to come. And people ask me, RJ, you were one of the people that saw his potential even before he stepped foot in an IndyCar because you have the chance to watch him race in Japan for, for two seasons and you just think, and you just think, well, we don't know how good this guy really is until we see him and wow, he's really amazing. And people ask me, RJ, how does it feel? How does it taste knowing that you saw this all along? Well, it tastes like chicken. Look, I'm happy that of all the American traditions, good and bad, that Alex Pillow could have taken up on, he decided to go for the ultimate breakfast of champions. Roscoe's fried chicken, waffles, and a margarita. Sitting with the cup at the table. A power move if I've ever seen it. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. Uh, of all the intros you've recorded, and I've sat through a fair few of them, that one's up there. Uh, fried chicken. Uh, a fried chicken mukbang to start off a podcast. What can you say? Only here on Motorsport 101, everybody. Or maybe the Sidemen, who knows. I'm your friendly neighborhood host, Trey Harrison. Welcome to episode 325, Rule the Roost. And uh, on this second half of the doubleheader, as RJ stuffs his face in a true commitment to the bit, we'll be talking about IndyCar at Long Beach, their season finale... Alex Pillow's championship, Colton Herter's race win, the series in general. It's it's a good vibe for all concerned. And uh, like RJ, I, I, again, I, I have to applaud your commitment to this one. But like, I, I, how did you feel as a guy that scouted Pillow this early and seeing it all come together this year? I, I would have been honest. I would have been fine if any one of the three drivers that came in with a mathematical shot win it. Because I admit I have some fondness for Pat for. Polo for Pato for New Garden. That's been established on this program. I would have been fine either way. But man, what a season Alex Polo put together. And his first year with Chip Ganassi. That is a pressure cooker that has spat out you multiple really, young drivers. Did he, did you he really, really just say pressure cooker? In, <laughs> at least he didn't say air fryer. Shout out to Christopher oh. Hardy. Oh, oh, Chris should yeah. have been here before this because we we wanted him to talk about this last race of the season. But hey, at least I, at least we got chicken. We got chicken, and that's the important thing. Um, Cam, how's it going, man, down there, buddy? Um, well, it's, there's a decided lack of fried chicken in my corner. That's uh, honestly quite devastating. Damn, yeah, that's, that's rough, a, buddy. Uh, <laughs> You- RJ, I will drive my Corvette down to where you live, and I will do donuts in front of your house. <laughs> Joke's on you. I, I live in an apartment complex. <laughs> he says that like it's going to stop me. Other people get to suffer, and it's your fault, bud. But to answer your question, Dre, I'm doing swell today. Um, as someone else who watched Alex Pillow and Super Formula... Man, the, I knew he was good. I didn't know he was this good. 
<laughs> I have a feeling, I, I, though, we know one person who knew how good he was even before he stepped foot in an Indy car. <laughs> so, um, to completing the Alex Herter, ex- sorry, Alex Herter, sorry, Alex Polo experience. Alton <laughs> Polo. Pat O'Neill. Completing the experience, we have Ryan Eric King. That's a- now, for those who might be a bit new to the show, King, um, what what's your connection to our, to our new IndyCar Series champion? No comment. <laughs> well, uh, well, to to uh, to King, to King's <clears throat> section of uh, this intro, we say adios. <laughs> yes, because my first interaction with Alex Polo was on the. Uh, <laughs> divisive simulator iRacing where we ended up in the same split at Pocono. (laughs) 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 We ended up in the same split at Pocono and uh, the race went down to one final restart. Pelot was leading, I was second. And uh, one of the things about the IndyCar rules on restarts is you're allowed to pass people on the outside. And Alex decided to leave enough room for a car and a half between him and the wall. And I got up alongside him. And he pretty much looked over at me uh, just before we were about to hit the restart line. He just eases off the gas a little bit. I And I have to, you know, break in response so I don't get black flag for overtaking the leader. And when mm. I do that, he just gasses and he's just gone. <laughs> <laughs> so in other With words, the Polo... word, adios. <laughs> yes, he just one word reply, adios. Felt <laughs> <laughs> like that... what he said. Felt like what he said to Patricio Award in this weekend's title fight. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear! It, it's still a classic moment. And then what happened to the first IndyCar race? We came back on the air on Motorsport 101 after this incident happened. King, <laughs> he won. F- f- first he career set one. up one <laughs> hell of a championship season. <laughs> it, it's not a good sign when Zoe in our chat goes, "Quote: I've messaged Alex on Twitch to beat King before." It's like sh- there's, there's insubordination from our own Discord and co-hosts, King. I, I, I feel sorry for you, man. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry you had to. This is a two-piece you your, combo. No, <laughs> no, no, I'll, I'll have yeah, you he know. hit King with that two-piece combo. I'll have you know. I was racing that that time Zoe messaged uh, Polo. We were we were both racing at Texas Motor Speedway. Mm. We were racing wheel to wheel. I got ahead of him until I got taken out by a lap car. <laughs> oh, you, then, you know, but, King. I, you know, you could have mis- I could have mistaken you for a real racing driver with all these racing driver excuses. I know. Then, it's like, it's- then <laughs> on the next lap, well, on the restart. Polo, Polo understeers into the wall and crashes out. And then Zoe replies to him again saying that, saying that he beat me. And then, yeah, it's like, Polo just replies, at least I beat your man. Well, See, well, I King... didn't know that second part happened. I didn't know that second part. That's brilliant. <laughs> well, while, uh, while King copes with that and uh, RJ finishes up his uh, fried bird here, um, what are we going to talk about, Dre? We're going to talk about IndyCar at Long Beach. Honestly, this this is the most boomerific moment this podcast has ever had. RJ's eating the two piece live on the air. 
Cam's talking about spinning a Corvette in, in an apartment complex driveway, and uh, and King is having a Jimmy Broadbent style rant about sim racing. It, it, it's this, it, we have gone full old man on this show. I am here to re- to bring balance to the force. Nah, in the off um, season, I know Pelot's coming back to iRacing. It's gonna be me, be him. <laughs> I, you know what? If this ever happens, we need this recorded and put on YouTube. This <laughs> dude's about to kick- be a, my podcast co-host while having a drumstick in hand. <laughs> it's going to be brilliant. But in the meantime, we'll be talking all about the long. We'll talk about Long Beach. We'll be talking about our new champion, Alex Polo, Pato Award as championship runner-up, Colton Herner, the future of the series, and our overall thoughts on IndyCar in 2021, like I did with Formula E about a month or so ago. It's going to be great. But in the meantime, basically, you can find us real quick. We are on youtube.com forward slash motorsport101 if you're watching us on there. Hi, leave a like, subscribe, find out all, the, all our new content is and all of that good stuff. We're on facebook.com forward slash motorsport101. Uh, we're on Twitter at motorsport underscore 101, and our personal handles are on the screen now. If not, they're at harrison101hd, at RJ O'Connell, at cbuckley917. And I think uh, King. I, I think I think we can find RJ at, or, at your local Popeyes. Yeah, uh, son of a bitch! Like, how did you know? I love that. Like, like Cam has become like the American version of the chicken connoisseur. As I go through this intro, love that. Um, we are also on Instagram at Motorsport One Hundred One Pod. Um, <laughs> when we are also on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash motorsport101. Five bucks if you earn access to all of our audio episodes. You can upgrade to ten for the video versions of the show, as well as the supporters come of our Discord server where you can listen to these shows live as they're being recorded. And you can find all of those details, all our written content, and all our shows on our website, motorsport101.com. So, without further ado, let's get into the main event of the evening, IndyCar at Long Beach. So, the IndyCar season finale at Long Beach. Well, that's a strange one. We don't, we don't normally. I, I think of Infinian Raceway when, when, when I think of season finale these days. But uh, uh, no, we had it at Long Raceway. Beach this time. That's a yeah. name I've not heard for a long time. Good old Gran Turismo 4. It's where I remember it from, you see. But we still had three men eligible to win the championship going into this final round to win the Astor Cup. Alex Polo, representing Spain, representing Mexico, Padua Wall, and representing Nashville, Tennessee, and some Popeye's chicken, Joseph Newgarden. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Polo walked in. He ain't from Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> it's a commitment no. to the bit. No, no, no but Joseph Newton, Newgarden's from Prince's country. He's from Hattie B's country. I see. <laughs> but uh, Polo still had that command in 35-point championship lead, which meant... And people smarter than us did the numbers on the crunching. Eleventh place would have been enough for Pelo to guarantee the title, regardless of what would happen behind or in front of him. Uh, it got a little bit more interesting because Old Man Newgarden, in comparison to the other two, took the P1 awards. He got an extra bonus point for that. Knocked his championship gap down, I think, to 46. Um, but unfortunately. All the hype going into the title fight, which was going to be a bit interesting with Pelot and Ward pretty close to each other in the midfield while New Garden was starting from pole. One lap in at Long Beach, the hairpin, it happened. Oh, Ed Jones. Ed Jones runs into the back of Pato Award, breaks the car, spins him out, and that was effectively all she wrote for the title race, which led to the hilariously dis- comment from King on our Discord server of... <laughs> That's the closest Ed Jones will ever get to a title fight. Oh, 
Okay, no shit. I hadn't read that far into the title script. I, I was about to say the same fucking thing. <laughs> King was just saying what we were all thinking, and I, I think I, I, I appreciate when King gets extra sassy for my amusement. It's great. Um, however, at the, fr- at the front of the field, the man of the hour was Colton Herter. Stop me if you've heard that one before. Who just, he started 14th after he botched qualifying. He, uh, hit the wall in, in, in round one and had to start from 17th. Uh, he absolutely carved his way through the field, including two absolutely brilliant passes that are worth, that are going out, worth going out of your way to see on Simon Pagano and Scott Dixon in, in very unconventional ways and places. And eventually he passed Joseph Newgarden to take the lead of the race. He, st- he kept it there pretty much all the way to the very end, and despite some late pressure from Joseph to try and steal it at the end, Colton Herter got the final word on 2021 by winning the final race of the season, his third win of the year, Joseph Newgarden in second, and right behind them, Alex Polo finishing in fourth, and with that, he would become IndyCar Series Champion in 2021 in just his second year in the series, and his first at Chip Ganassi Racing. Joseph Newgarden would actually overtake Pado Award. Pado unfortunately had to park his car. He fell to the back of the field as a result of a broken drive shaft from the Ed Jones spin. Um, so if, uh, Newgarden, runner-up for the second year in a row, 38 off the top. Pado Award third in the end, minus 62 back. And, on fo- and if in case you're curious, um, there was a late retirement for Romain Grosjean in the, in the end of the season as well. And with that, it meant that Scott McLaughlin wins the Rookie of the Year award. Um, fun fact, he was the only man in the field this season to finish every single race. Isn't that just fitting? Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, your new champion, Alex Polo. And... Uh, let let's 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 fire some superlatives in for for Alex because it's only fair given he's been pretty sensational all year long. Can lead the way. Mm. There's one that stuck out to me ever since. Uh, was it was it held in May this year? Is it back to the month of May? Right, right. Alex Pillow in his second time at Indianapolis Motor Speedway was. The greatest racing driver in the history of Indianapolis away from the Indy 500. <laughs> and it just, seemed, it just seemed like nothing could phase him. This dude just walked into Scott Dixon's team and stomped him. Stomped everybody. Yeah. The only the, the the only bad results on the year, St. Petersburg wasn't so good, but you know, you're allowed one of those per year. Um, the only bad results he had all year were not his fault. Run-ins yeah. with other drivers that typically weren't his fault. He was very clean wheel to wheel. Engine Sorry. penalties, engine failures. When he was finishing, he was always top five. Usually mm. top three. Occasionally top one. Yeah, it it's it it says a lot about the determination of this guy because, like as Cam alluded to, this was not a year where he was a he was a front runner in spite of a lot of what happened to him this year. Like he was taken out mm-hmm. at Gateway by Renus VK. He had two grid penalties for engine failures throughout the season. Every time that someone was would get close and mount a challenge, whether it be 
Dixon, Newgarden, Panama Ward, Herter. Hell, even Marcus Erickson, who was in the title race for a good chunk of this season. Like, new challenges, old challenges, up and down the field. The, uh, the greatest the series has ever had, as well as some of the most talented newcomers the series has ever had. Every time somebody threw a punch at Polo's direction, he'd counterpunch. He'd find mm. a way to get back in front. And Relentless. I remember, I remember even races like Road America, where New Garden looked like he was going to win that race. And New Garden's gearbox fails on the final restart. Who was right there to pick up the pieces? It was Alex Polo. And that's the sort of, that's the sort of, sort of confidence all around ability. You can, yeah. Yeah. It's the biggest thing that I think will separate going into this round, because let's be real. New Garden's year was not so good. Most of it wasn't his fault. And the two standouts were the two top drivers going into this championship finale. Mm. The biggest difference between the two, and it's something I noticed years ago with Pelot and the Super Formula, is he is so smooth, you would never think that he's driving a racing car. No. It's it's that Jensen it's that prime Jensen button smooth. Mm. That Elio Castroneves around Indianapolis smooth. It just <laughs> he can extract so much pace from the car without overdoing it. And it means you will always be in a great position late on because you have something to fight with. And every race that Polo was fighting up in the top of the field, he would close the deal. And like myself and eating a the biscuit bacon. with no drink. I'll tell you something that's even more frightening. Alex Pelot did all this without... <laughs> Alex Pelot did all of this without even needing to bust out his wet weather gene. I'm kicking myself that I didn't think of that first for another publication, but... Wow. What a good-ass say, Alex, the first time we saw Alex Pelot and thought, okay, this dude's the real deal. Winning a race in Japan in... Some of the most torrid conditions you will ever see in a, a race. A second a lap over the rest of the field. I would argue the conditions were worse than the, the Belgian Grand Prix this year. Oof. And he he held his nerve. He did not make a single mistake. He came over here, went into, was it Dale Coyne last year he with did. Team Go? Dale Coyne racing with Team and Go. Looked brokered by good. former... IndyCar Series journeyman Roger Yasukawa making the whole deal come together. And then by if the third race didn't convince you when he was on the podium at Road America, then getting in the Fast 9 at his first trip to the Indy 500 certainly did. But I never and would have thought it would have clicked so soon in Ganassi. Not when it didn't click so soon for Felix Rosenquist. Not when it didn't click so soon for the aforementioned Ed Jones. Now it didn't click for Tony Kanaan. They've been struggling to find a dude to fill Dario Franchitti's shoes for about a decade, and now they have him. And he's yeah. 24 he, years he old. Walked, he walked into Chip Ganassi Racing, Scott Dixon's castle, land of the pancakes, and said, I'll have waffles instead. And <laughs> <laughs> some fried chicken. That's a magnificent yeah, line. Like, probably... What convinced me that Polo is going to be good in IndyCar, even though it's a much smaller percentage of the schedule than it used to be, was when he had his first oval race in Texas. 
We mm. raced. We raced together on iRacing earlier that week in Texas. That's when that that story from earlier mm. happened. Yeah, mm. and like you know, he didn't seem that quick. Not not gonna lie, but I, I knew mm-hmm. iRacing Texas is nothing like actual Texas. That's true. Mm. Because there's more than one lane. Uh, <laughs> oh, remember that Texas race. Oh. Very good. Well, but, remember, th- that Texas race that it was his first one was the one with all the PG PJ1 up top that just made the race fucking impossible. Yeah, that's where I said where there's more than one lane on iRacing. And mm. it, it made racing impossible. But even through practice, through qualifying to qualify well at his performance in the race he was on par with people who've been oval racing for two decades like he picked it up easily in his first year in a ganassi car he went he threw hands with elio castroneves at the height of his power yeah and only came short because elio castroneves is the greatest driver at indianapolis (laughs) In the history of motorsport. And Pelot was this close on his second try. Yeah, yeah. it was. And I'd argue the previous year was almost as impressive. Making the fast nine and was looking good for a top ten finish. Until an unfortunate spin towards the end of that race. Every, like, every indication said he was going to be good. We didn't think he was going to be elite level runner in year two good. I don't know. I don't know about y'all. I picked him to win the 500. <laughs> oh, I remember. We, oh, we remember in these streets. Oh, yeah. He did. He did. And look, I, I, I am the least experienced viewer of IndyCar out of the four. I've only been watching the series full-time for about five or six years now. And even I have, I've, I've come to respect just how difficult a job it is to, to succeed in that number 10 car. Because we gushed about Ed Jones when he was at Dale Coyne as a rookie. And then we, he got to the number 10 seat and he was completely outclassed. And we, we learned that, look, this is the big boys. This is something that, you know, is not going to be for the average driver. Felix Rosenquist had his flashes, but he wasn't quite there. You'd have to go back to the days of the Canaan and then Dario for the real Dario Frankie was the last was the last truly elite, consistent driver in that 10 mm. car. That was and not named Scott Ditson, yeah. And like, I'll tell well, you, Scott Ditson did not have a terrible season this year. Not, no. I know it looks bad by, by Scott Ditson standards, but that's Scott Ditson standards. Marcus Erickson completely rewrote his own narrative. A yeah. bit lucky at some points, but he did it. Yeah, sixth mm. in the championship this year. Look, it's been a fantastic year for Chip in general. But he cashed out on his NASCAR program. He's getting the fuck out. Yeah, it's like, I say let, I, let's I, not talk about what's going on in IMSA. I was going to say, like overall, I have come to have tremendous respect for the quality of IndyCar's paddock, for the, the immense level of driving talent that the series has, and how just how hard it is to stand out in a series where the field is so close on paper and with so many brilliant drivers that could race anywhere in the world in any series in almost any discipline at this point. Alex Pelot winning the series in his second season all-time at 24 is unfathomable to me. It's as impressive as anything I've seen in motorsport 
in the last five or six years. He, I, that is, it's, it's unthinkable to me that, 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 this, that he, this happened. He beat Scott Dixon head to head in his first, dominated his first him. attempt. Dominated <laughs> him. We 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 wax lyrical year on year at just how unbelievably good Scott, Scott Dixon, Dixon is in race cars. Eternal mm. Scott Dixon, yes. Lord of Pancakes. He is and the he final boss of bodied. every motorsport series. He got bodied by this twenty-four-year-old, ridiculously humble and nice Spanish kid. It Does doesn't make hardly any sense. gets upset about <laughs> anything. Smooth as a butter behind the wheel. Oh, and, he, and that's yeah. the thing is he. He learned, he's learned how to extract pace without trashing his car, without pushing that hard. Yeah. And if he can do that. Hey, ooh. did, did y'all know that, um, Movistar, uh, their IndyCar ratings went up by times 50 for the season finale? I, I don't know. Gee, I, I just, I just don't know if there's going to be another Spanish driver that can draw in ratings like Fernando Alonso. He drew on more. Who knows? I mean, what? what well, what at least Polo can qualify for his Indy 500s, of course. Indeed, it helps. And yeah, look, Spain get behind their own in motorsport. We've seen it on two wheels and on four. If you if you're if if you're good at motorsport in Spain, you, there's a home for you back there. So, and, and just like as a point of reference to Polo winning the championship in his second season, Indy cars three most recent new champions, which is going to sound insane when I say they're three most recent new champions being uh, Joseph, Joseph Newgarden, Simon Pagano, and Dario yeah. Franchitti, who, again, is no longer racing. <laughs> Dario Franchitti's IndyCar career began not long after Cam's newest car was built. So, yeah, after I was uh, born. Both Newgarden and Pagano won the titles in their six seasons. Uh, Dario won it in his, in his. I think he took a year, uh, did a part time year in two thousand three. But it was it was he his, was hurt that year. Yeah, he was, he was hurt. hurt he year. was hurt that year. So he won it in his ninth season. Uh, someone winning the title in within two years. In year two is absurd, and the last person to do that was Sebastian Bourdais during the split. So there's a bit of an asterisk. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, it is. Oh yes, oh yes. Zoe's reminding me. I forgot Will Power, who again, what it was. Standing veteran. <laughs> yeah, one of the standing veteran. He came. He came about as close as you can to winning a title without winning the title about three times before he finally mm -hmm. got it done. Yes, and uh, yeah, to, to to fit in that category with three of the greatest that the series has ever had is, uh, you know, New Garden was everything we hoped he would be as a prospect and more, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, and, and he was a year six champion. This is a year two champion, a 24. Yeah, and Will Power won it in its eighth season. Yeah, mm -hmm. unbelievable, unbelievable achievement. It, it is safe and, to say that in the, in the post-split era... Alex Pillow, his rise is unprecedented. Indeed. I'll, I'll tell you this. Stuff. I'll talk about Spain getting behind their own. I want to give a shout-out to the late Adrian Campos, uh, founder of Campos mm. Racing, because if there was one person, one person in and around the Formula One paddock who constantly put his faith in Alex Pillow's talents, because 
This is a guy who never even got... He got one chance at a Formula One team's junior academy. That was straight out of karting, and they never called him back for that Ferrari. Adrian Campos was the dude that gave him his first single-seater drive in Euro Formula Open, gave him a GP3 series promotion, where maybe they didn't always have the setups to make him consistently competitive, but he did win a race, and he did show good in the wet. Campos gave him his only Formula 2 drive. Hell, the last time that Campos thought about bringing a Formula 1 team in. You remember that that rumor that Campos was going to try and get back on the grid, and this was, this was before he passed away, I believe this was 2019, and Alex Pelot's name was thrown around alongside Pascal Verlein as a contender? Mm. That was kind of like, that shows you like, yeah, this is an unserious offer in the grand scheme of things, but Campos really believes in this dude. And it's a shame that he's not around to see it, but I am very glad that him and Adrian Jr. still get on well. I'm just, I'm so happy. This is so good. I'm I'm expecting many, many more years of this. Good health and equipment willing out of Alex Pillow. This guy's so good. Just, just before we move on as well, I have to mention the PR shots of him eating chicken and waffles at Roscoe's with the Astor Cup. Brilliant. As I said, yep. fried chicken, <laughs> waffles, cups of syrup, and a margarita. Lots of cups Breakfast of syrup. Breakfast of champion. Brilliant stuff. And I didn't I didn't know you did this. You, you get a victory lap at Indianapolis to celebrate your series title with any car of your choosing. And Alex Polo chose a limo with a chicken on it. Brilliant. I love we this man. Stan a legend. <laughs> what a man. What a phenomenal man. Um, if you haven't seen it, go check out um, um, his, his Instagram page. It is wonderful scenes. Uh, I'm sure they'll put it up as a reel somewhere, because that's too good not to put on main. Um, but yeah, awesome stuff. And again, always smiling, always disgustingly nice. Um, the, the first guy to congratulate him was Colton Herter. We'll talk about him very briefly in a minute as well. But yeah, um, congratulations again to Alex Polo. It's a remarkable achievement, um, right? Any, in any way, shape, or form. we got to give some credit, then, for one of the runners-up as well. One of the guys that pretty much pushed him all the way to the last, and that's Pado Award. And, mm-hmm. you know, this, again, this wasn't a complete surprise, given that Pado Award was top four last year in the series, which we all thought, wow, that's that came, that came a little bit out of nowhere. And then he put together a pretty damn good title campaign Right until the final round. I love the contrast that Patricio War brings because we talk about Alex Pillow. It's butter smooth driving style. Looks almost. And on the other side. And on the other side, Matt O'Ward, who's been compared to young Juan Pablo Montoya, who is is not necessarily all butter smooth. He is all effort 150% of the time. Paddle Award, much like myself, is a child of the school of Moncasteer. <laughs> <laughs> and we saw that and we all saw the that. time. We saw the shuffles. Yeah, yeah. Second race in Detroit where he's just mowing through the field on those restarts late in the race. Mm. Blow mm. no, p- barges his way past Joseph Newgarden to take the lead with two laps to go. It's exhilarating when he is uh, on on his game. And I'll tell you, Claire and SP, maybe they're not quite at the big three level yet. But he's pushed oh, them just oh, a I little Oh, I disagree. Bit I disagree. I'd say mm-hmm. with the five car, 
they're right in there. I'm not Is sure. That... I'd, be, I'd be I'd be prepared to go that far because the rest of well, that the team what is are still we gonna call? What are we gonna call Andretti beyond Colton Herta? Good point. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a tie for a distant third at this point. Yeah, it's, it's, what are we going to call? What are we going to call Penske? It just period. Because honestly, it's a weird contrast because Aaron McLaren SP had one of the best full timers in the series this year, but also one of the worst in Felix Rosenquist. It's weird how this one all turns out in the end. I know Felix didn't do it fair to Felix. He did, he did miss a bit of time due to the um, due to the injury at Detroit, but uh, they're a bit all over the place. But then again, a lot of the IndyCar teams are all over the place because right? it was such an incredibly up and down sort of season where it was hard to stand now even more than usual. But Pato's the other end of the scale. And as, as RJ alluded to, and as Cam alluded to, it, he's the, on the aggressive side of the scale, but he's box office. He's so good to watch when he's, when he's, when he's dialed in, you know, from, from intense qualifying laps to Detroit where he was carving people up to, as King alluded to earlier with Texas and, and his first win on that, on that very circuit where you, you really couldn't pass anybody on it. And yet he found a way to get to the front and stay there and gamble. And his gambles paid off. And we were like, wow, this kid is something else. Like, again, we talked about him last year as being a guy that should be on the road to F1. And again, that's probably our own fault. We are, as motorsport fans, going to be F1 focused. Uh, he's, got the, he's got the test drive now. He's got the test drive now. Yes, he's totally taking Daniel Ricciardo's seat. Point is, Daniel Ricciardo. Well, one's got a test drive in a McLaren. One's got a test drive in a souped-up Chevy. Doing it for Dale. Again, I want to see the insurance bit on that. Point is, is that Pato Award is box office, and he is so entertaining to watch. He's not quite got that consistency that was what made Alex Polo the champion in the end. But he's learning very, very quickly. I think, I think next year he'll be right up. He's getting better year on year. And this was a season by all accounts. He should have been runner up. He was unlucky not to be second in the end, given how the final race. Yeah, Ed Jones currently has, uh, has had all travel to Mexico revoked. Yes. I hate that for Ed because. He was, yeah. he was one of those – this was a race where he really needed a good result to stay in the sport, and he didn't need to accidentally Ed, get involved Jones, in the title fight. Ed Jones, uh, I think, sealed his, his uh, I hate pink slip from IndyCar. I hate, I hate that for him, man. Ed Jones, that wasn't malicious. It was just really careless, but man. It was just, just clumsy. I hate it, clumsy. I hate it for – I hate for – I hate for – Pato, to me, I feel like – there's just a few things missing. Number one, he's got to get around the the primary tire because that seemed to come up way too many times down the stretch where he just couldn't find the pace. If he, if he can't find, if he can't wrap around the black tire, it will be the biggest. It will be one of the greatest failures of a driver failing to reach their last five percent that they need because the other ninety five percent's there. Um, also, McLaren. Um, They've got to find a way to get consistent pace out of their, both their cars. I think that yeah, I think I, Pato cannot do it alone because I, I think it's something that's going to somewhat be similar between both Andretti and McLaren, with Andretti being what well, you know one of the established teams in the big three, and McLaren trying to find their way in. Where you can have one really successful driver. But that driver on their own can't win the championship. They need an entire team to gather 
relevant data across all their cars to push that driver to greater heights. And There's a reason why there was a Chip Ganassi walkover in the top five of the standings. Yeah, yeah. and Chip Ganassi used to be in that same spot. You remember when Scott Nitson had to do it all by himself, and the only reason he could do it was because, well, he's Scott Nitson with <laughs> yeah. all the years of experience wow. behind him. And that's the thing that that's one of the things that McLaren have acknowledged and that they want to expand to a three-car full-time team maybe next year or later down the road, and that'll definitely help. But you got to work with what you got for now, and uh, that second car. Ugh. Felix. Mm, I'm wanting better things for Felix. Felix was... Not good. A lot of it came out that they're trying to, they're forcing them to both use Pato's setups and Pato can make them work and Felix Rosenquist can't. If you're building your whole team around one driver and the other driver's just left to sink, you're not going to win a championship. You're not going to. No. No. And because if it, you think if pro- Rosenquist yeah. was up there taking points off the Ganassi guys, he would have had a better shot. Definitely. Like the Ganassis and the, the powerhouse trio of Dixon, Ericsson, and Polo was definitely a huge factor in getting Polo over the top. McLaren had no rear gunner. Felix was one of the worst full-timers in the series this year. Um, and that's unfortunate to say the least, because I think if he was up there, I think Pado would have had a damn good chance of the title. There's just a couple of holes in Pado's game that stopping him from being that true all-round package that what Polo was able to bring to the table this year. But he's really not that far away. Um, and in spite of all of that, the fact he's been in the you know, fourth and now third in the series is still an incredible accomplishment and 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 deserves all the I mean, we're talking about how Pelot's 24. Padre Award's 22. Yeah. Like, 22. You He's got 20 years into this. It's a young <laughs> man's game, checks notes. Joseph Newgarden? <laughs> Joseph, New- yeah. Joseph Newgarden. Yeah, like Newgarden, who already sounds old relative to this series, and he's 30. Yeah, because, <laughs> it's, it's just- because, again, we talked about when Joseph Newgarden won his first championship. And it was in his sixth season. He and Joseph, and I'll tell you, and I'll tell you, if you if you don't remember Joseph Newgarden during those early years at Sarah Fisher Racing, that that was not a flying start for him to put it that way. He was hurt for no, part no, of his rookie was, season, and he finished his, finished down twenties in the standings. Mm. So he got not, hurt quite a few times in that yeah. six year time span. Mm-hmm. So I, again, you know, circling back to McLaren and their hopes to make a real title push. Uh, next year is not going to be easy. Like, McLaren might be, I would put, despite them almost winning the Drivers' Championship, I'd put them at the top of IndyCar's midfield. And the midfield next year is going to be insane with, you know, Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan going the three cars. Uh, Jack Harvey over there. Yeah. Yeah, Jack Harvey over there. But that's um, not official yet. It's but not it's, official it's, yet. It's, it's, one thing that coming. is official. Um, MSR picking up uh, someone near and dear to my heart. Oh, yeah, my my shake going going to, to know, the Indy five hundred the Indy five hundred death lineup. <laughs> Pagano and Castroneves in the same house again. Good God! Um, but but yeah, another the- thing as well is that you can't look. I'm gonna rip the bandage off. Penske stank this year. Relatively speaking, they were yes. horrible. It's not 1999. And you bad. can't, 
But it's not 19. It, it wasn't far off during qualifying for the Indy 500. Pagano mm-hmm. dragging them out of a fairly embarrassing month of May. But the thing is, we but, say Penske were horrible, yet they were second, eighth, and ninth exactly. of the championship. By their exactly. standards, that's and a dreadful year. <laughs> that is abysmal. You can't expect them to be bad, to be this bad every year. And that's going to be more contenders fighting because I think Penske needs a real look at themselves from a technical perspective because there's some weird shit that went on this year. Yeah, because pretty much Penske as an entire team had the same amount of wins this year as Alex Pelot. That's yes. not right at all. That's not Chris, normal no. for them. Chris. I mean, but uh, speaking of the future and whatnot, I mean, we, we, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about Colton Herter, who again had the final word on the season with, in my humble opinion, his most impressive win in IndyCar to date. That was a sensational win. You're not we supposed about, to overtake here. Like, like that was we, a we dick talk flattening. about. We, yeah, we we talk about how Herter's the front runner because the, the, the two other races he won this year, he led about ninety five percent of the race laps to do it. This was him coming from fourteenth up the field to take the lead and then hold it and then withstand. Pressure from Joseph Newgarden at the end of it. After he climbed over the top. Okay, remember that Jones Award contact? He climbed over Ryan Hunter-Ray's back wheel yep. in the stack-up. His car, and his steering it, was bent the whole race. He went from 14th yeah. to finish first. Like, it's it, the thing with Colton is that if Colton is learning now how to not just be the front runner, but to withstand that pressure and go, go get some. And Joseph almost and he ran did. it back in the final stint, but he held yeah. him off. And, and, yeah, and it's it's that thing we talked about last week with uh, XP. And when Colton scores the expected points, usually he wins the race. Yeah, It's when and... he doesn't, where he's typically nowhere. Where yeah. either just disappears for the weekend or he crashes, whether it's of his own accord or something else. Or something Colton breaks on his him. car. Or something if, breaks if he, on his car. So if if he finds that consistency and he's able to to start making the most of those bad days, cancel Christmas. It's over. Cancel like, Christmas it, with it, a title decider, Laguna Seca. Yeah, well, and that's and then between of, him. Like ahead, I, I, I know we're going to talk more about this later, but I think IndyCar going forward is going to be a a championship of parody. Where it's not going to be about getting race wins, it's going to be a, about getting podiums, because it's going to be that competitive at the front. Mm. And, and obviously, obviously, you're going to need your teammates to be there to take points off of other people. But also, you're going to have to stop people at doing well at their banker rounds. And it's clear that in the state of California, Colton Hurt is going to be unstoppable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of it, is like. Polo already has that consistency, that ability to just bring home the points every round. Pato is getting there. Herda seems to have gotten there in these last couple of rounds. Yeah. If is is do you guys think he's gonna be the main threat for Polo going forward? Can't say. Yeah. There's I so can't. much talent. Yeah, that's that's why I say it's gonna be a championship of parody, because you could say the same thing about uh, you know, Pato Award. You can say you can say the same thing about you know 
Joseph Newgarden. We don't know how things are going to shake out at Ray Hall. It could be Harvey at Ray Hall. Uh, we, don't, like, we don't. We don't know how Grosjean's going to shape up in Andretti because if he can translate what he did this year across mm. a full season and better equipment, ho ho. Uh, I, I was going to say. I was going to say, like, because we had a question in the script as well where he said, could anyone else be the next new series champ? I wouldn't rule out Graham Rahal either. I think, again, I think I think the upside is a little... The ceiling's not quite as high, but the floor is as good as anybody's in the series right now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that... I, I, He's been top six for the last couple of years now, Graham. Maybe not... Again, I still find it amazing. He's not won a race in four years, and yet he's still top six almost every season in IndyCar now, because he... Rarely makes mistakes. His racecraft has got him better, and he rings home points every week. It wouldn't surprise me if Rahal won an overall series like he almost did five or six years ago. Now, I I, I don't like the way things are shaping up in IndyCar. I don't think Rahal is going to win a series title, but I wouldn't count him out in taking it all home in May and winning the five hundred. Especially yeah, oh, so good this year. Well, gee, this year he probably <laughs> this year he the race proved he was on the right strategy and just you know things just went wrong in the middle of the race. Yeah. So much has to go right. So much has to go right. Weird thinking about Graham Ray Hall and Joseph Newgarden as the resident old guys without a board <laughs> warrant or trophy yeah. when they're still in their early thirties. Yeah, we're so spoiled aren't we with any the is there there are people even lower in the field who i think if their teams you know get their shit together could win a title like ed carpenter racing are committed with renas vk and i while while rough around the edges vk does have the ability to be at the front i would say v, vk's ceiling is as high as any of the previously mentioned the problem yeah, is that his team just they just aren't good enough outside of the 500. I and even this like, year, they were they were fantastic at the I 500 like and VK, tailed off. VK this year, after the collarbone break, probably wasn't the same driver that he was before that. That sucks. Yeah. Mm. Hopefully yeah. the offseason, uh, he can heal up and get back to where he was. But I mean, gee, Sebastian Bourdais still shows flashes of the occasional <laughs> title title-winning driver. Unfortunately, he has... 700 tons of AJ Foyt Enterprises weighing him down. I was going to say, if, like, if, 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 if Foyt can generate a contender, it truly is the rapture. Uh, like, the thing is, like, <laughs> but, like it, Bourdais already announced, like, I, I really have to get to a ne- race next year, because Bourdais already announced next year will be his last season in IndyCar, and it will be a part-time mm. schedule, because AJ Foyt are expanding to three cars with hit with two full-time cars and him running part-time in a third car that will probably be shared with another driver. What? The <laughs> Foyt So expanding. so let me make, let me make this absolutely abundantly clear for our audience. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, friends of the non-binary. They're getting rid of Sebastian Porte. While Dalton Kellich just broke the record for the worst average finish in IndyCar history. What can I tell well, you about those K-line insulators checks? <laughs> I, I, they come for it. it it's, hmm. it's less that Bourdais, it's less that Bourdais is getting let go. It's more mainly that he wants to call it a career. Yeah. Uh, and, and he wants. It tells you a lot about AJ Floyd Enterprises. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> next year Bourdais is running 
part-time in IndyCar and full-time in IMSA with Ganassi. Mm. Oh, if I'm getting if I'm getting a Ganassi IMSA ride with the prospect of a WEC shot in LMDH to go win Lamar, fuck IndyCar. Yeah, home, home win. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah, the home win that every year he was in the wrong Peugeot. As you did. Every fucking year. Mm. Now, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, we're going to wrap this up real quick, but, um, gentlemen, your, your final thoughts on IndyCar in 2021 going forward? Any favorite moments? This is, this is a vibe for the next few minutes. I mean, what did you make of IndyCar in 2021 and going forward? I'd love to hear your guys' I'd, thoughts overall. I'd <laughs> say a lot of people have been calling it a changing of the guard. I don't think it's that that much of a drastic shift, but it's definitely the start of a new era, especially with the changes to the schedule coming forward. It really feels like it's harkening back to the old days, but still uh, not that old, but <laughs> looking towards a completely new, unique era, like sort of like a, a card on guard, if you will. Like this is, it's strangely cart, but something new. Mm. Strange. It, it's, I, I agree with King. It's not a changing of the guard, but man, some new folks kick down the door and they want it. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, I can't wait to see that dynamic play out. Obviously, um, as the news has come out, my favorite driver, Simon Pagano, has moved teams. Uh, Indianapolis 500 death lineup 2022. Let's fucking do it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this, this was everything everyone said reunification was going to be, except a decade later. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Except most of the teams in the reunification died. <laughs> get fuck, get fuck, uh, champ car. Uh, uh, but- and as another point. <laughs> Then yeah, for me, yeah. the favorite, it, it could be nothing else. It had to be Elio taking home, yeah. uh, taking home that win. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, the, ch- the strawberry milk, mm-hmm. the strawberry milk. A lot of things to discuss. I've talked a little bit about how cool it was that Polo award her and had some breakout campaigns. I don't know how long Romain Grosjean can stay excellent because he's already in his late 30s. But I'll tell you, it's going to be spectacular however long he can keep this up. Now that he's going to Andretti, now that him and his family have embraced the American way, the good parts of it, hopefully. Um, <laughs> I was, I was going to say, Polo, uh, get him a bucket. <laughs> get him a, get him, get him some, get, get him some chicken and waffles. It's fantastic. Romain Grosjean rewrote his own narrative in four fifths of a season. And it's only going to get better from here. Indeed. That's um, to circle back to kind of circle back to that for a second is Romain Grosjean showcased the talent that all of us who actually watched him back when he wore the black and gold knew that he had. And that is the, the best Steelers. damn thing. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> uh, that no, he'd probably be thing. a better choice of quarterback right now. Yeah, true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, that is my my the thing that I love so much about this series. Unless you're driving for AJ Foyt, uh, <laughs> if you have the talent, the talent will shine through, and you can go out and you can do great things, and you can show the world how good you truly are. 
We saw that up and down the grid this year from people who are established, people who have been here but maybe haven't made their mark before, and people who totally knew. Long may this continue. For me, it just cemented what got me into the series in the first place half a decade ago. It's just fun. It's the most charming, charismatic, likable racing series that I watch week to week. Um, this series has more about it that makes me smile than any other motorsport series that I watch. And this is in the middle of an all-time great Formula 1 season, in the middle of a real changing of the guard in MotoGP right now as well, all the regular series we cover on here. IndyCar's just so much fun. It is so much fun, and the best talent I, I, I get to watch shine through relentlessly week on week, from Polo to O'Ward to some of the more established names like Joseph Newgarden and Scott Dixon, and every, there's a place for everybody. And this is coming from a guy who supports James Hinchcliffe, and I might have watched his last race for all, you know, this past weekend, but I think he could be an amazing broadcaster if he ends up going there full-time. I think he'll be a oh, fantastic absolutely. addition to that booth. And and that's that's the beauty of this series. There is something for everybody here, and there is... Great talent, great tracks on display, a social media team that genuinely does a great job um, enhancing the talent that they do have and getting the best out of so many people in there that as soon as it gets up, one one-hundredth of the coverage that F1 gets, but they still find their own way to shine. And as RJ alluded to as well, my favourite moment has to be Helios in New Motorsport needed Helio to win that 500 that day. It was a dark day in motorsport. And yeah. there was something to make a smile again off the back of what was a rough day. And yeah. And I think that's for me is the beauty and the charm of IndyCar more than anything else. And as, as King alluded to, I don't think we're quite at changing of the guard points yet, but the new breed has most certainly arrived. And they are going to mix it up with, with the veterans that we know and love. And it is going to be fascinating to watch how it all blends out going forward because it's almost like you've got the 20-somethings on one side now and you've got the 30 to 40-year-olds on the other side and they've all just come together and we don't quite know how this is going to shake up. Like I said, a 24-year-old sophomore season just beat one of IndyCar's greatest ever drivers in his house. That just goes to show you how unthinkable and unfathomable this series can be. And that's why I love it so much. And, uh, yeah, it's been an incredible fun a... to cover it all, all year long. And thank you for everyone that's been listening and, and, and enjoying our coverage of IndyCar this season. It's been a, it's been there's, great uh, fun. And I, there's and I two things show... I want to, uh, mm. I want to add. First of all, just came out. We free Britney, y'all. <laughs> Good. Uh, that is great. But, that's awesome. <laughs> but, uh, to, to extend it to, um, a friend of the show. Occasional co-host and also my co-host here, RJ. RJ and uh, Christopher DeHardy. Chris has been covering the sport for quite a while, but RJ, this is your first season um, covering. I didn't full-time. screw up the excitement. I'm so happy now. I you you did such a fantastic job. I uh, said before you took it that if you put. A tenth of the passion for Japanese motorsport that you have into this, you're going to make great content, and you did. Proud of you, buddy. I believe mm. you can long into the future. And Chris DeHardy, well, once you get past the relentless shit posting and occasional relentless. server bans, there is a hell of a journalist <laughs> in there. 
There really is. Guy, the guy managed to took the initiative to go look up at the sector times at the end of Long Beach qualifying. When I, I, mean, I could have done it, fucking bastard. <laughs> uh, I'd like to think we all did well, and yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks everyone on that one. Sadly, we have to end our show in a more somber tone this week, and I, I kind of alluded to it in during the 500 and talking about Helio, and I can't believe I have to say this again on this show, but we lost another uh, talented youngster in the world of bike racing this past weekend over in Jerez during the World Superbike Weekend over there. Dean Berta Vinales. Yes, unfortunately, there is a relation. Maverick Vinales' cousin. He was in the World Supersport 300 category. And very sadly, he fell off his bike and into the oncoming path of two fellow riders in a late race one incident on Saturday. He would succumb to his injuries uh, later that day. Um, horrible news. He was just 15 years old. And... Uh, it's the third major fatality this year in the Road to MotoGP and Dorna-related series this year. Um, there will be a more intense discussion about this. There already has been on the internet in certain circles, but we'll talk about it in a bit more detail during MotoGP's weekend next week as they're racing at the Circuit of the Americas this weekend uh, for the United States Grand Prix. But uh, I wanted to, on behalf of everybody here, our thoughts, prayers, and condolences to... Especially to the Vinyard, to the to the Vinales family, to Maverick, who sadly won't be racing this weekend for completely understandable reasons, and of course our friends over in the World Superbike paddock, um, friends, family, loved ones. Horrible, horrible news, and I'll I'll save it here. I think something certainly needs to be done because I can't believe I've had to say this again for the third time in four months. <laughs> doesn't get any less tragic but thank you for watching our IndyCar coverage over the course of the season we're really really glad you could you could you gave us our time and uh, we're very very excited for next year just a shame I could have ended the show on some brighter news but unfortunately that's motorsport for you sometimes I've been Dre Harrison they've been RJ O'Connell Ryan Eric King and Cam Buckley thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next week sayonara take care of yourselves y'all now see you Good night, everyone.